the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you here as we are early in a brand new year, 2022. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And, of course, on our program, The Roger Franklin Williams Show, we talk about those issues from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, and country and honors our decorate, the, the principles upon which America was founded as expressed so eloquently in our, in our Declaration of Independence and as codified in our United States Constitution and our judicial system. I have a great show for you today. We'll get right into it. Um, of course... This is also coming up on Monday is the day we honor the life and contributions, uh, the extraordinary contributions of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we will be speaking later in our program with noted Central Florida historian Francina Boykin, who has literally uh, dedicated her life literally for the past 40 plus years to researching and recording the African-American experience in America, and specifically in the state of Florida and Central Florida, she will be with us to talk about the impact of the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as we approach Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the holiday. First of all, though, I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by Kathleen Michelle, who has 20 years' experience in media, and that includes working for NBC affiliate as a news reporter and news anchor, also producing and hosting radio programs, and working now as a freelance journalist with Florida National News. And Kathleen, thank you for joining us. Great to have you joining us. Thank you so much, Roger, for having me. I'm excited to speak with you, and I appreciate all you're doing to keep us updated uh, on politics and what's happening locally here. So thanks for your show. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. And um, I've been you know, looking forward to having you join me. And friends, I first uh, met Kathleen when she was a presenter at the Women in Ministry event for our yeah. sister station, yeah. WTLN. I was very impressed with the remarks that she made in a variety of areas, but specifically in in relationship to her media experience and as you know, as our regular listeners know, and I know, but we have new listeners every single week, so I'll bring our new listeners up to date quickly. Um, you know, a major theme of of mine, <laughs> literally going back to the time I, days I founded this show on uh, December thirty first, nineteen ninety seven, and increasingly over the years, and it's a real crescendo now. 
is bias in the media, left-wing bias in the media, mm-hmm. and, and coupled with just lack of basic reporting fundamentals, right. regardless of ideology. Yes. Um, and, and that uh, is a problem that really has, has accelerated in the past two or three years in our country to the point where the fundamental principles of reporting a story, the fundamental principles of journalism mm-hmm. that I was taught uh, you know, it's been years ago, but uh, in journalism school at University of Florida in the early stages of my career um, are literally out the window now. In fact, the kind of quote unquote journalism that we have now uh, is exactly the opposite in right. many cases of, of the of the of the fundamental principles of the profession that that journalists, you know, of, of, of all you know perspectives um, bought into and and, and expressed. So anyway, that's yes. the theme. Uh, it's a continuing theme is our regular system of this show. But it's something that I, I would love to have Kathleen speak to as well, because she has experienced, has tremendous experience, um, as, as I said before, uh, with a you know, network affiliate and as a news reporter, a new anchor, news anchor, and 20 years of experience in the media. And Kathleen, that would be the first question or topic I would pose to you is, you know, from your perspective, is, is, has that been the case? Has journalism changed to the point now where facts, objectivity, fairness, um, are not valued in the way that they were. Yes, exactly. And the funny thing is we were taught that we could not choose a side, regardless if we had a side politically, that we need to state the facts. Don't show your bias. Don't show it. If it's a story, it needs to be both sides of the story and let the audience make their opinion or their view based on the information that you get. And that's the way I was always taught. So if I get one side, I can't, it's not a story till I get the other side of the story. And so when I did packages or news reports, that was what I had in mind. I couldn't even do a story until I had the other person share their portion or the other political party. And, and so now the way things have gone, it, just looking at the TV and listening to the news, it's a little frustrating watching how everyone has their opinion and the way that they're forming stories and formulating them. It's not factual based. You can see the bias. You can hear it. You can see how they're only sharing portions of the news, pieces that go with what they want to be shown and not the full picture. And so it's kind of like a puzzle and you're only zooming in on one little piece, but you're missing all the other puzzle pieces. And so the way that journalism and the way that media has gone and changed has been extremely different from when I started out, what I was taught in school to now where it's completely biased. And and to pick up on what Kathleen just said, friends, we're glad you're joining us. It's great to be with you. We're speaking with Kathleen Michelle who has 20 years' experience in media, including news reporting and radio, is we're talking about the, the dramatic trend in, in recent years, um, even months, uh, it's almost daily, uh, away from fundamental fact-based journalism uh, across the mainstream media to purely opinion and what I refer to as narrative journalism. Now, that's not a an a totally accurate term because it's not journalism. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's narrative media, narrative agenda that major news affiliates, uh, and I would say CNN is the first one comes to mind, and right. MSNBC is right there with them, and and you know most of the the, the others are, are not far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, as, as Kathleen just said, you know what, what we're being presented is not any kind of a balanced uh, story, not any kind of coverage that hopes to 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 tell 
the story of actually what happened, right. a facts-based presentation of, of, of the truth, right. actual events. It's a purely nar- a pure narrative where facts that don't fit that narrative aren't even included. Mm-hmm. And um, and even the the story is is the quote unquote facts that you know are are, are exaggerated. Exaggerated, and you also notice there's a lot of smokes and screens. There's a lot of a diversion where people are diverting to stories to keep other stories out of the news. So we're missing a lot of really important information. If you Google research, look up news, you can find what's going on around the world that's not even being reported. Very important things that. We in America are missing out. We're only seeing this small little scope of what's happening based on their narrative. And that's the frustrating part because so many people are buying into it. There's a lot of fear-based narratives. There's, I mean, people are going to believe whatever you see, whatever you hear, you know, you're going to repeat. You're going to believe because that's how our brains are wired. Even when you watch a movie, it may not be real, but you have those same emotions and feelings and traumas. And that's how it is with the news when you're watching it. And that's what you're seeing, your scope. If you're not going out and doing your own research and you're just taking it for what it is and eating the whole apple without, you know, looking into it further, you're going to believe whatever that narrative is. And that's the unfortunate part. And that's exactly the reason I, I, I'm, you know, covering this topic more, and I'm ha- happy to have you joining us today, Kathleen. Is it, when I talk to people, you know, friends of mine, overhear conversations even from people who aren't, you know, up to their elbows, if you will, in politics, who don't watch either Fox News or CNN, or, or you know, who don't keep up with politics on a daily basis, right. you know, like, like you know, m- many of us do, and like most of the people that listen to our station even, right. uh, but not all, um, is they're the ones that are being susceptible. I, I think, of course, many of our listeners on this program get it. You know, they know exactly what we're talking about, and they've you know, observed these same phenomena in themselves. However, I think there are a lot of people out there that, that, ha- that haven't really noticed this shift, no. you know, because, you know, for you and I, we went to journalism school, we were in the industry. It's, you know, things that happen yeah. in journalism, in media are, are, you know, get our attention immediately and we're generally aware of it. I think so. There are, there are a lot of hardworking, good, solid American citizens out there um, that, that relied for, you know, I guess about 200 30 plus years yeah. on the evening news or on the television news um, or on news, their local newspaper yes. uh, to get accurate factual information. Haven't really caught up yet to the fact that, that this horrible bias, you know, this horrible narrative media right. has taken over. I mean, and it's just crazy to me still when I look at the news to think that I could go be, if I wanted to apply for a job, I honestly don't even know if in certain uh, news outlets I would get hired because my bias is not their bias. And so that makes it hard when you want to report my bias. I don't think they would. So they would actually say, no, we're going to exclude her. But that's why it's important that there isn't that in journalism, because we need to report the facts and let other people make their decisions. Don't just report the facts of what you want people to and that goes with so many things. And as we head into break, and I want to pick this up, this this theme up when we come back, that's exactly, you know, I'm reading a book which I shared, I believe, last week. It was a wonderful Christmas gift, um, Tucker Carlson's recent book. And, you know, and, and he, in addition to being, you know, television host for, for many years on various networks, he was a, a, 
a writer too. Hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. he had numerous articles for print publications, um, you know, magazines all across the spectrum, from liberal to conservative. Right, and that's the point he makes. Basically, the theme of his book. It, which the book is a compilation of his articles going back 25 or 30 years. Yeah. And the point he makes is exactly what you just said, that many, if not most of these articles would not even see the light of day now. No. And that many of the publications that gladly, you know, published his articles were happy to have him on board to, to present an alternative perspective right. than what theirs was. He wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't even have that opportunity anymore. Oh no! You'd be silenced and shut down, and so it, it eliminates anybody from doing what's right and reporting both sides. Because I can tell you, as me as a reporter, I would have a hard time even doing my own bias. I would want to hear both sides of the story, and that's the way a news report should be. Let the American people decide, not me, not them. And that's the the basis of our whole Constitution and the, the basic fundamental of our First Amendment. Exactly. Uh, that, that, the exact principle that you just expressed, the marketplace of ideas. Well, friends, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Our guest right now is Kathleen Michelle. She is an ex- experienced news reporter and journalist with over 20 years in media, which includes working as a news reporter and news anchor for NBC News Affiliate also producing and hosting radio programs. And currently she works as a freelance freelance journalist for the Florida National News. We're discussing media bias, uh, you know, left-wing media bias in the media, and particularly um, the way that's accelerated just over the past year or two or three. Later in our program, we're going to talk about the life of and accomplishments of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and we're pleased we look forward to being joined by Central Florida historian Francina Boykin. Before we go back to Kathleen, I want to let you know about and give you a shout out to our friends over at Thompson Jewelers. And of course, you've come to know Thompson Jewelers as the place where you can get top quality jewelry at affordable prices with wonderful service and support. And I want to let you know that, of course, Thompson Jewelers can help you find that perfect, hard-to-find gift for the special person in your life. And they have those gifts, that jewelry, at affordable prices. They're located in Orlando and in Kissimmee St. Cloud. In Orlando, they're in the Colonial Plaza on East Highway 50 at the corner of Bundy, of course, at the corner of Bumby, of course, the Colonial Plaza is Orlando's original mall. They're right next to Old Navy. In Kissimmee St. Cloud, they're on Highway 192, right on the Seminole, right on the St. Cloud Kissimmee line, and they're next to in the Hobby Lobby Shopping Plaza. Thompson Jewelers. We look forward actually to having Derek Hicks join us, President of Thompson Jewelers, uh, in the near future. Let's go back to Kathleen Michelle. And I want to use some examples now because I always like to make sure we we use examples. And friends, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the accelerated pace of left-wing 
media bias in the mainstream media to the point now where the 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 original principles of basic journalism how to report a story gather the facts don't put your opinion in the story cover both sides give both sides an opportunity uh to 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 talk to um, be quoted in, in the story all those are out the window now we see on a daily basis hourly basis uh from the mainstream media and been replaced by hardcore narrative uh, journalism, hardcore presentation of, of narratives which do not include all the facts and even exaggerate and slant uh, the facts that they that they use. I, two examples, Kathleen, I'd just like to throw out there and then I'd like to have you, sh- you know, share your thoughts about that. One is the way of, co- uh, in, you know, <laughs> hundreds if not thousands if not millions of ways that the presidential election was covered. Mm-hmm. But one thing specifically was the relationship with Hunter Biden with the the communist Chinese mm-hmm. um, who you know literally I mean you know is it, one of the biggest threats uh, to our our country and our future right now are, are the are the Chinese communists um, a powerful threat um, you know Hunter Biden you know the the son of the potential president who you know became the president has has you know a long history of shall we say shady business dealings uh, with China, and that's something that is highly significant to any political race, and that just flat out wasn't covered. No, it wasn't. And the fact that so many things, they're turning a blind eye to so many things, and they're dismissing it and hiding it, and we don't even hear about what's happening over there. Everything is being scrutinized about President Trump and about the small little things, taxes, but what about the traitor, the 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 way that they are with China and how they've been in cahoots and what about like what you said these examples they're not being um spoken about they're just kind of like oh it's no big deal we find out these big huge things and then we don't hear about it ever again on the news i mean just like uh the island that was found and all these people and famous people were going and kids were being molested whatever happened to that we stopped hearing about that and i mean there's just so many things that happen that are huge stories that they just drop and there's so much going on even now in other countries that we're not hearing about where things are happening to American people and to Christians. They're not reporting it. And from my perspective, it's all part of a left-wing uh, you know, narrative agenda where if, it, you know, if something that is newsworthy or you know, prior would have been certainly newsworthy, just like you said about persecution of Christians, well, you know, that doesn't fit the left-wing agenda. So that's, that's not, you're not going to, that's not going to make the news. You're not even going to see that story covered. Nope. Um, and uh, just like uh, if, if, if uh, you know, something that's disadvantageous to, you know, candidate Biden, that wasn't going to make, make the news, of course. Yeah. And we saw the same thing at the end of the campaign. Uh, and this is where I really begin to see this manifested was during the Obama campaign, uh, the first one. Well, well, both of them, but, um, you know, the second one with, with Romney, you know, days before the election, the Benghazi attacks, which were just a blatant um, situation of, of malfeasance and incompetence mm-hmm. of the Biden administration and the Biden State Department yeah. were, weren't even covered. Um, four Americans were brutally murdered due to, um, you know, lax uh, security, uh, which should have been an obvious situation um, that, that, that needed better security right. and w- wasn't even covered in the news. And, no. you know, so, so anyway, we, th- that's what we're talking about the, the, the new left wing narrative journalism. And the reason we're talking about it, or a lot of reasons, but the main reason we're talking about it is because so many of us uh, have friends, loved ones, family 
who don't realize this, right. they're still operating, they're tuning on the television set, they're picking up the newspaper, and in their mind, they still think that they're getting balanced Walter Cronkite-style coverage. Yes. Yeah, they have no idea. And if you haven't been in uh, the media for X amount of years and learned journalism and how to tell a story, you wouldn't really be able to pinpoint it. But for those of us who have been in the media, we see the bias, we see the narrative, and we see how it's always to what they want to share. And we see there's a missing piece. And like you said earlier, if we have to get both sides of the story, well, if you couldn't get both sides, you couldn't report it. Or you would say, we tried to get the other part, but we were unable to reach them. We'll try again. And then they would report it. That's not happening. I also saw in the election where the reporters were like, excited for when Hillary was winning. They were like, oh, Hillary, you know, and that never would have happened back in the day. It was just very, you know, straight line. It's supposed to be an objective reporter. Yeah, it's just supposed to be neutral regardless of your bias. But they were like, yes, and they were getting emotional about it. And you see this happening. So it would make you want to think if you aren't thinking about these things, why is this happening? What are they trying to put in our heads? What's going on? And including, um, and this is a hot topic, um, which is the vaccination, which so many are on the fence about or one side or the other. I mean, I have friends where we agree to disagree, but when it comes to media and journalism, the facts are not all being put out there as well. And that's in in our remaining minutes, the thing, another element of this new um, agenda-based media is is there's, you said, there's one accepted version, right? You, you prior the pur- purpose of the media, and this this comes from the First Amendment. This is you know philosophically um, the marketplace of ideas. You know every side you know, is supposed to be in, in, in free speech. Respected, every side is, 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 is supposed to to be covered or, or presented or right. or had or have the ability, the opportunity to be presented. Well, now what we've got is one accepted version. And and then nothing and then nothing else is acceptable. No. So that if 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 you don't agree yep. with that accepted version, you're going to be shouted down. You're going to be shouted down and potentially persecuted down the road because you don't agree with whatever agenda they have. You're the bad guy. And right now the the accepted version is for the first phase of it was COVID fear. Right. And then the second phase, which wasn't reported accurately, the fear and the risk were were monumentally over over exaggerated and exactly. over reported. And but now after COVID fear we have vac- you know vaccination everybody yeah. must be vaccinated quite, and not no only questions vaccinated asked. but then revaccinated and then the booster and then who knows what and you know it's just causing so many problems within the family dynamic because not everyone's doing their research and people are look the news is God the news what they say what the, what the president says is God and where are the brains out there. We have to do the research and find out for ourselves. And that's one speaks to one reason so many people are being brainwashed uh, by fear is because it, it's so powerful and pervasive. Mm-hmm. You know, the mainstream media now, once again, I know even myself, a lot of friends of mine have a tendency to be overly um, confident. It's not exactly the right word, but uh, secure uh, in that, well, you know, you, you've got the uh, Salem media group and you've got, Dennis Prager out there, and you've got uh, Fox News, and you know back at, before he you died, Rush Limbaugh. And, um, but I mean, that's only a tiny. That's, that's literally small. a drop in the bucket. Yeah, compared uh, to these big news outlets who are constantly feeding and feeding people daily. And if you think about it, you watch TV, 
And during the commercials, you watch a commercial about food. What do you want? You want whatever's on that commercial. It's the power of suggestion. It takes one commercial for me to want chocolate. I mean, it doesn't take much. So imagine constantly watching this news where it's feeding you. If that's over your resource, yes. you're going to start getting afraid. Oh, my gosh, this is what's happening. Oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. Don't go outside. You, you know, and people are not living their lives because of fear. And when you have fear and you put fear in people, you can control them. So when you put fear into someone's life, this is the standard way to start controlling and manipulating, which is so not with Americans' freedom. We need to have the freedom and the right to choose and the freedom of speech. And our freedoms are also being taken away from this fear. And and that's exactly what our country was founded upon. Freedom, liberty, First Amendment was crucial to that freedom of the press, freedom speech. of speech, freedom of, res- of of religion, and and that's exactly what's being taken away in this new trend, if you will, this new right. takeover of of narrative media mm-hmm. left with a le- you know left. It's not even bias. Left left wing uh, media <laughs> is, is is now what we we are dealing with in our country, and that's something that uh, yeah, obviously goes against the, the 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 very founding of our country, and yes. it, it, it's a great threat for all of us. Well, Kathleen, Michelle, thank you for being here to share a little bit about it. Thank you so much. Your and personal I just, experiences is my experience, and I hope we can stand and fight and pray and do what's right for our freedoms here in America. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to have you joining us today. Always look forward to this time. We have a few minutes we have together every week to talk about the issues that affect us in our community, state, and nation. And it's great to have you joining us today. In just a moment, we're going to go to well-noted Central Florida historian Francina Boykin as we talk about the impact of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., his far-reaching accomplishments, and uh, on the, you know, the occasion where we will honor his life and accomplishments on Monday with a national holiday. Before we go to Francina, I want to let you know that our program is supported by our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair. And and let you know that if you or anyone you know is looking for a place that can take care of your car, truck, SUV, or any other vehicle you might have with old school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I encourage you, strongly encourage you, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for those guys. In fact, it's where I take my car. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. Now, let's go to Francina Boykin, noted historian, and to talk about the life and accomplishments of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Francina, great to have you joining us today. I always love having you share your your great insights with our listeners. Thank you. And first of all, just to ask a very basic question, for you, you know, of course, both you and I lived during the time of Dr. King. We saw his dramatic uh, life, his impact, his uh, inspirational leadership, and we saw the changes, the positive changes that came about in our country uh, as a result of, of his leadership and passion and commitment. 
But, you know, as we know now, um, there are many people, probably most of the people listening to our, our program, you know, were not born uh, during Dr. King's life. And could you share for someone who was not born um, until after Dr. King lived, what would you want them to know about his life and accomplishments? Well, at the time when I came to know or realize who Dr. King was and his dedication and his commitment to civil rights, uh, I was around the age of 13, 14 years of age and uh, was a member of the uh, youth member of the local Apaka NAACP, which was uh, headed by, or the president at that time was Mr. Faitha Dowdell. Uh, we were hosting at our church the youth group, uh, the youth NAACP um, group was hosting uh, meetings. There was a series of meetings at our church during that era in the early 60s, around 1963, uh, 64. Um, I recall, you know, attending many of those meetings which were held at night most times because people worked during that day. And if you're in, born in, in Apopka, you know, most people worked in the citrus and the ferneries. And when they would get off work, they would come to the meetings that were held at the church because uh, at that time, Mr. Dowdell was uh, promoting voter registration drive, you know, in the Apopka community, and that was much conversation and about Dr. Martin Luther King and the things that he had been doing and why it was so important that black people register to vote. So learning about Dr. King through church is where I first came to, uh, through our church, rather, to know his impact and what was being done. Because at 14, you don't think about voting or civil rights. I I couldn't even tell you then at that time that I realized I lived in a segregated community um, and what that really meant. But through the efforts of uh, the seniors of our church and uh, Mr. Dowdale, we became a, what I want to call it, we became a force, if that's the proper term to use, in initiating the values that were being instilled by Dr. King uh, during that era. And I know that it was quite early. It was post-civil rights legislation uh, that was coming. It was on the forefront. And so um, to know the work and what Dr. King meant during this era, to me, came into fruition after 1965, I think it was, that I really took hold to, because I'm older now, and I, uh, at that time, to know no, that's uh, a- the meaning, meaning of uh, having the right to vote, especially being a black person. And that's one thing I want to note briefly before my next question to you also is 
as you know, I run into people every day now, you know, especially those that weren't born in the South or those that were born after, you know, probably the early 70s. And they don't, they didn't experience segregation. And many of them don't even know about, you know, leg, legislative se- segregation in the South. And I think that's, you know, Dr. King had so many accomplishments. You know, we could talk for every day for a year or, or about them. But one of the just most dramatic um, accomplishments was, I would say, he's solely responsible for uh, legislative segregation ending in the South. It's solely responsible that uh, you know African American people have freedom of movement, and, and so many you know have more oppor- so many more opportunities uh, than they did during uh, the segregation in the South era, and that's something that that you know every time I th- have these thoughts about you know, reflections, he's the first, literally the first person I think of because it was due to his you know extraordinary efforts and even becoming a martyr that uh, segregation ended, from my perspective. Oh, very, very, very much so. The sacrifices made by Dr. King is phenomenal. I mean, no one has surpassed him in the effort uh, to be diligent and sacrificial to know that what we, the harvest we reap today with integration and having the right to vote all came through Dr. King's efforts, and uh, I don't take that lightly ever, do I, because I am a product of the school desegregation uh, laws in 1969 when we were students at Phyllis Wheatley uh, High School, and at that time, you know, you think back to when uh, Dr. King died in 19, was killed in 1968. 1969 is when the schools in Orange County, through court order, integrated with deliberate speed. I remember that. And, you know, you go back to the, the March on Washington. I remember, you know, listening to the I Have a Dream speech and you know, the Great March, as they called it, on Washington. I remember a friend of mine who were working, uh, you know, doing seasonal labor around the Maryland area, and they saw the caravan of buses passing as, you know, I picture this scene of the uh, caravan of buses headed into Washington, D.C., on the Great March on Washington, where Dr. King gave the I Have a Dream speech, and this would not resonate until many, many years later when talking to a friend, you know, where were these people going, you know, because here my friend was from the South and was harvesting peaches or something and could see the buses from the highway heading to D.C., but did not know that was what was going on at that time, so... That impact and, you know, the March on Washington and, you know, the people who all worked with Dr. King, even in the crevices and trenches in small communities like Apopka, I mean, the word was out that we stood by Dr. King and his fight for justice for all people. You know, I think you hit on, I had three big things that came to mind as you were you sharing your thoughts and we're about two minutes away from our break. And I, and I know you're on your lunch break as well, but 
um, mm-hmm. three things. One, inspirational leadership. And I think inspirational leadership is something that that we've been lacking in this country for for many for many years. You know, of of, of you know leaders of all races and all persuasions, of, of political perspectives. But that was one of the, the the powerful things about Dr. King was his ability, his gift to give a speech, to stand up before an audience, and and just you know have a powerful emotional impact and inspirational I- impact that wasn't just people just didn't walk away from his his speeches and just go back to their normal life they were inspired to take action on their own and that's uh, really a you know an extraordinary gift that he had and i would put him with the great leaders uh, in 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 world history literally um in his ability to 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 impact with his inspirational leadership but then also um you know by speaking in washington he understood the political system. He understood the way the media worked. And I, you know, our first segment, two segments, were about how how sadly deplorable I think most of our media is today. Well, the media uh, might have been some of their finest hours was covering the the civil rights movement, and and a lot of that was because Dr. King understood. <laughs> you know, just he was media savvy. He knew understood how to get coverage, uh, which was huge. And then the third thing is the risk. You know, he was beaten. He was thrown in jail. Um, you know, he, his courage to, to face to face risk. He didn't know how it was going to turn out. And in fact, it, you know, when he died, a lot of a lot of what he fought for hadn't come into fruition yet. But anyway, those are all things that you've really helped us to see that um, that it, that explain why we have a national holiday and, and really, really, you know, explain why he made such a phenomenal impact you know, on, on our country and our world. Well, friends, we're going to go to a quick break. Uh, you're listening to the, the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. As we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation, I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Our guest right now is Kathleen Michelle. She is an experienced news reporter and journalist with over 20 years in media, which includes working as a news reporter and news anchor for NBC News Affiliate, also producing and hosting radio programs, and currently, she works as a freelance journal, freelance journalist for the Florida National News. We're discussing media bias, uh, you know, left wing media bias in the media, and particularly um, the way that's accelerated just over the past year or two or three. Later in our program, we're going to talk about the life of and accomplishments of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we're pleased. We look forward to being joined by. Central Florida historian Francina Boykin. Before we go back to Kathleen, I want to let you know about and give you a shout out to our friends over at Thompson Jewelers. And of course, you've come to know Thompson Jewelers as the place where you can get top quality jewelry at affordable prices with wonderful service and support. And I want to let you know that, of course, Thompson Jewelers can help you find that perfect, hard-to-find gift for the special person in your life. And they have those gifts, that jewelry, at affordable prices. They're located in Orlando and in Kissimmee-St. Cloud. In Orlando, they're in the Colonial Plaza, 
on East Highway 50 at the corner of Bundy, of course, at the corner of Bumby, of course, the Colonial Plaza is Orlando's original mall. and They're right next to Old Navy. In Kissimmee, St. Cloud, they're on Highway 192, right on the Seminole, right on the St. Cloud, Kissimmee line, and they're next to, in the Hobby Lobby Shopping Plaza. Thompson Jewelers. We look forward to actually having Derek Hicks join us, President of Thompson Jewelers, uh, in the near future. Let's go back to Kathleen Michelle. And, and, and I want to use some examples now because I always like to make sure we, we use examples. And friends, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the accelerated pace of left-wing media bias in the mainstream media to the point now where the, the, the original principles of basic journalism, how to report a story, gather the facts, don't put your opinion in the story, cover both sides, give both sides an opportunity uh, to, to, to talk, to um, be quoted in, in the story. All those are out the window now. We see on a daily basis, hourly basis, uh, from the mainstream media, and been replaced by hardcore narrative uh, journalism, hardcore presentation of, of narratives which do not conclude all the facts and even exaggerate and slant uh, the facts that they that they use. I, two examples, Kathleen. I'd just like to throw out there, and then I'd like to have you, sh- you know, show your thoughts about that. One is the way of course, uh, and you know. <laughs> hundreds if not thousands if not millions of ways that the presidential election was covered mm-hmm. but one thing specifically was the relationship with Hunter Biden with the the communist chinese mm-hmm. um, who you know literally i mean you know is one of the biggest threats uh, to our our country and our future right now are are the are the chinese communists um a powerful threat um you know Hunter Biden, you know, the the son of the potential president who, you know, became the president, has has, you know, a long history of, shall we say, shady business dealings uh, with China. And that's something that is highly significant to any political race. And that just flat out wasn't covered. No, it wasn't. And the fact that so many things they're turning a blind eye to so many things and they're dismissing it and hiding it. And we don't even hear about what's happening over there. Everything is being scrutinized about President Trump and about the small little things, taxes. But what about the traitor, the 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 way that they are with China and how they've been in cahoots? And what about, like what you said, these examples, they're not being um, spoken about. They're just kind of like, oh, it's no big deal. We find out these big, huge things and then we don't hear about it ever again on the news. I mean, just like uh, the island that was found and all these people and famous people were going and kids were being molested. Whatever happened to that? We stopped hearing about that. And I mean, there's just so many things that happen that are huge stories that they just drop. And there's so much going on even now in other countries that we're not hearing about where things are happening to American people and to Christians. They're not reporting it. And from my perspective, it's all part of a, a left-wing uh, you know, narrative agenda. Where if it, you know, if something that is newsworthy or you know, prior would have been certainly newsworthy, just like you said about persecution of Christians, well, you know that doesn't fit the left-wing agenda. So that's that's not, you're not going that's not going to make the news. You're not even going to see that story covered. Nope. Um, and uh, just like uh, if if, if uh, you know something that's disadvantageous to you know. Candidate Biden, that wasn't going to make make the news, of course. Yeah. And we saw the same thing at the end of the campaign. Uh, and this is where I really begin to see this manifested was during the Obama campaign, uh, the first one. Well, well, both of them, but um, 
you know, the second one with, with Romney, you know, days before the election, the Benghazi attacks, which were just a blatant um, situation of, of malfeasance and incompetence mm-hmm. of the Biden administration and the Biden State Department yeah. were, weren't even covered. Four Americans were brutally murdered due to, um, you know, lax uh, security, uh, which should have been an obvious situation um, that, that, that needed better security right. and w- wasn't even covered in the news. And, no. you know, so, so anyway, that's, we're talking about the, the, the new left-wing narrative journalism. And the reason we're talking about it, or a lot of reasons, but the main reason we're talking about it is because so many of us uh, have friends, loved ones, family who don't realize this. Right. They're still operating. They're tuning on the television set. They're picking up the newspaper. And in their mind, they still think that they're getting balanced Walter Cronkite style coverage. Yeah. yeah. They have no idea. And if you haven't been in uh, the media for X amount of years and learn journalism and how to tell a story, you wouldn't really be able to pinpoint it. But for those of us who have been in the media, we see the bias, we see the narrative, and we see how it's always to what they want to share. And we see there's a missing piece. And like you said earlier, if we have to get both sides of the story, well, if you couldn't get both sides, you couldn't report it. Or you would say, we tried to get the other part, but we were unable to reach them. We'll try again. And then they would report it. That's not happening. I also saw in the election where the reporters were like, excited for when Hillary was winning. They were like, oh, Hillary, you know, and that never would have happened back in the day. It was just very, you know, straight line. It's supposed to be an objective reporter. Yeah, it's just supposed to be neutral, regardless of your bias. But they were like, yes, and they were getting emotional about it. And you see this happening. So it would make you want to think, if you aren't thinking about these things, why is this happening? What are they trying to put in our heads? What's going on? And including, um, and this is a hot topic, um, which is the vaccination, which so many are on the fence about or one side or the other. I mean, I have friends where we agree to disagree, but when it comes to media and journalism, the facts are not all being put out there as well. And that's in in our remaining minutes, the thing, another element of this new um, agenda-based media is is there's, there's one accepted version right you you prior the pur- purpose of the media and this this comes from the first amendment this is you know philosophically um the marketplace of ideas you know every side you know it's supposed to be in, in, in free speech. Respected, Every side is, 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 is supposed to, to be covered or presented or right. or had or have the ability, the opportunity to be presented. Well, now what we've got is one accepted version, and and then nothing and then nothing else is acceptable. No. So that if 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 you don't agree yep. with that accepted version, you're going to be shouted down. You're going to be shouted down and potentially persecuted down the road because you don't agree with whatever agenda they have. You're the bad guy. And right now the. The accepted version is for the first phase of it was COVID fear. Right. And then the second phase, which wasn't reported accurately, the fear and the risk were, were monumentally over-exaggerated over and exactly. over-reported. And, but now after COVID fear, we have vac, you know, vaccination. Everybody yeah. must be vaccinated. Quite, not no only questions vaccinated, asked. but then re-vaccinated and then the booster and then who knows what. And you know, it's just causing so many problems within the family dynamic because not everyone's doing their research. And people are, look, the news is God. The news, what they say, what the, what the president says is God. And where 
are the brains out there. We have to do the research and find out for ourselves. And that's one speaks to one reason so many people are being brainwashed uh, by fear is because it, it's so powerful and pervasive. Mm-hmm. You know, the mainstream media now, once again, I know even myself, a lot of friends of mine have a tendency to be overly um, confident, it's not exactly the right word, but uh, secure uh, in that, well, you know, you, you've got uh, Salem Media Group and you've got Dennis Prager out there and you've got uh, Fox News and, you know, back at, before he, he died, Rush Limbaugh. And, um, but I mean, that's only a time, that's, that's literally small. a drop in the bucket. Yeah, compared uh, to these big news outlets who are constantly feeding and feeding people daily. And if you think about it, you watch TV and during the commercials, you watch a commercial about food. What do you want? You want whatever's on that commercial. It's the power of suggestion. It takes one commercial for me to want chocolate. I mean, it doesn't take much. So imagine constantly watching this news where it's feeding you. If that's your resource, you're going to start getting afraid. Oh, my gosh, this is what's happening. Oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. Don't go outside. You, You know, and people are not living their lives because of fear. And when you have fear and you put fear in people, you can control them. So when you put fear into someone's life, this is the standard way to start controlling and manipulating, which is so not with Americans' freedom. We need to have the freedom and the right to choose and the freedom of speech. And our freedoms are also being taken away from this fear. And that's exactly what our country was founded upon. Freedom, liberty, First Amendment was crucial to that freedom of the press, freedom speech. of speech, freedom of, res- of of religion, and and that's exactly what's being taken away in this new trend, if you will, this new right. takeover of of narrative media mm-hmm. left with a le- heart, you know, left. It's not even bias. Left left wing we need uh, narrative <laughs> media it, it is is now what we we are dealing with in our country, and that's something that uh, yeah, obviously goes against the the, the the very founding of our country, and yes. it, it, it's a great threat for all of us. Well, Kathleen, Michelle, thank you for being here to share a little bit about it. Thank you so much. Your and personal experiences is my experience, and I hope we can stand and fight and pray and do what's right for our freedoms here in America. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Right now, we are speaking with noted Central Florida historian Francina Boykin. We are talking about the life, the legacy, the impact, the dramatic impact of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as we approach national holiday that, that honors his life and accomplishments. We're glad you're joining us. It's great to be with you today. Before we go back to Francina Boykin, I want to let you know that Florida Door Solutions supports our program and all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. I also want to give a Shout out to the guys up at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. Let you know that they are where you can get the best lawnmowers and power equipment products. It's where they sell the best and fix the rest. And you can find out more at apopkamower.com. That's apopkamower.com. Now let's go back to Francina Boykin as we talk about the life and impact of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And 
Francine, I'd like to pick up there and, and go back and even talk about, um, you know, the risk that Dr. King faced. And as I said before, you know, that's one thing about great leaders. You know, I read a lot about George Washington and his leadership and the founders of the country and how they didn't know how things were going to turn out. Um, and mo- many of them would have been executed if, if, if they hadn't have, you know, won the war, which was a huge long shot, which nobody expected him to do. So, and that and I think is very similar to Dr. King. He didn't know that he was going to wind up being this great man and be highly respected and have a day that honored his life. And um, and most of the fruit of, of of his life's work never never came about in his life. I mean, what he, what he knew was going against the grain, being shouted down, going against the power structure, getting thrown in jail, in some cases getting beaten. You know, having people who he's inspired. Get beaten, uh, you know, when they tried to express their First Amendment rights and freedom of speech and right to assemble and all that. So, c- can you talk about just the kind of struggle that he he must have had? Well, uh, nothing happens. Uh, nothing comes easy, as my grandmother used to tell me. She would often say to me uh, when I was growing up, or even we came into adulthood. Uh, she would always remind me of what her life was like in growing up and living in segregation, Jim Crow, and being, um, you know, living on plantations uh, in Alabama and later migrating to Florida, that, you know, you're destined, you know, as Dr. King was, he was destined to do what he did. Whether he had any choice in it or not, I mean, that was his calling. We all have gifts, and this was his gift to the world to come at a time when, you know, you know, say, for example, the Constitution was written, you know, hundreds of years ago, okay, and no black person that I can recall was present when, you know, the Constitution was written. And the Constitution has been amended so many times because of people, because of laws and because of people like Dr. King, because it did not include, even though the Constitution said all men are created equal. Um, But Dr. King, that didn't just happen. It was all you know, on record, but it still was not a reality for people who were still living through the uh, Reconstruction period or what they call the Black Code. All, you know, so many things happened after, you know, our Constitution was written and with the, um, the amendments that, you know, to abolish slavery, um, the amendment to give rights to vote, you know, people paying poll taxes. I think what happened, the country, especially with black people, we, you know, black people just got tired. You know, we got to do something. And we had this leader who was being born into an era that was going to bring us out of this bondage that, you know, was still going on during this time span. Fans from until 1964. I recall 
in St. Augustine, I think it was the summer of 1964, Dr. King described St. Augustine being one of the worst places for segregation. And in 1964, the students at Florida Memorial, you know, protested. And uh, days later, however, is when the Civil Rights Act passed in 1964, if I'm correct. I get lost with my dates and years here, but he was in, he had been in St. Augustine, and when Lyndon Johnson, you know, signed the Civil Rights Act, you know, so much was happening, especially in the South, you know, in the South. We had a few incidents in around Central Florida, but I don't think it was on the massive scale as other major cities or towns across the country, but Dr. King impacted the thoughts of every black person, young people included, like myself, because I was just a teenager back then, <laughs> if I would stress that again. <laughs> and teenagers today, they have no clues. I don't believe if we don't teach them and about people like Dr. King, so that they can value the freedom that they possess. I often say that the harvest is plentiful, you know, the laborers are few. But to know what Dr. King did and contributed to our country is awesome. And we're really thankful that you could be here today to share just a little bit about his, his, his life and legacy and something we want to continue to, to share throughout the rest of the year, too, um, on our program about his impact, um, you know, helping to, to America uh, realize some of our promise that, that had not been realized uh, you know, based on our deals in our Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. I've got time for one more question. Uh, we got about four minutes, but before we do, I just want to give a brief example to illustrate. You know, as, as you said, I think so many people don't don't realize how dramatically different you know American society is today in a positive way, especially in the South, um, because of the efforts of, of Dr. King. And I just give a one brief little example: is that um, I've been read, reading this book about Coach Bear Bryant and you know the legendary coach at, at Alabama. And, you know, it, it was only in 1969-1970 that Alabama had their first African-American football player. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> they were freshmen in 69, Wilbur Jackson and, and John Hamilton. And in, back in those days, freshmen weren't, weren't eligible to play. So they actually didn't see the field until 1970, which, you know, I mean, that's to me, that's that, this is like you know, like last week, you know, but um. Well, yeah. But but um, you know, we watched this you know very dramatic, outstanding game on Monday night for the national championship, which included the University of Alabama, and uh, you know, virtually all the players uh, for both Alabama and Georgia were African American, and I think that's one thing that really illustrates you. Know, it's it's almost I think somebody that didn't live it, it would be hard for them to believe. Well, gee, it's only been literally a few short years uh, since African Americans even had the opportunity to play at the major Southern university. So I think that's just one small little example for somebody that didn't you know, live during Dr. King's era or didn't pay attention uh, to what was happening in the South, particularly, um, you know, hopefully it would be an eye opening experience to it, it just one small um, example of the incredible you know impact that he had in, in one, one very small sphere of just the sports sphere. But, and I guess I took up most of your time, but now we've oh, yeah. got a couple of minutes, but um 
do you think Dr. King would feel, how do you think he would feel about where we are today in America, especially life for African-Americans in America today? I'll sum it up, I'll sum it up by saying this. He quoted uh, in one of his last speeches, and it may have been in, in uh, Tennessee, he stated, there are some difficult days ahead. He said there will be some difficult days ahead. And, but he had been to the mountaintop, and he had seen the promised land. He said, I may not get there with you, but I've seen the promised land. And the difficult days, I feel, when he made that reference to, in his speech, is what we are experiencing now with you know, multiple protests and unrest everywhere. Those were the difficult days he was referring to. It wasn't this legislation passing of the civil rights wasn't going to happen overnight, but it was a big step for America. It was a big step for him at the wheel, driving us into the era where we are now. And I'm thankful to him and forever eternally grateful to Dr. King and others who are like him who are out here in the trenches working for the justice of humanity. And, and you've made a huge impact yourself in your own life, which I think, once again, is part of the legacy of Dr. King, that, that, as you as you stated for us, the way that you were inspired, and uh, not just inspired to to witness and, and understand and know, but to, to go out and work in, in your own fields, if you will, uh, to advance the cause of African-Americans and, and African-American freedom and liberty. And, um, you know, a really, you know, Many, many others are inspired by your efforts. So it's especially... Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you. It's especially uh, gratifying to have you join us and share a little bit about the life and legacy of Dr. King and help, help me be able to put things in perspective. And uh, so thanks for being with us on the show today, Francina Boykin. Thank you for the invitation. And best to you and happy MLK Day. Thank you very much. Happy MLK Day. Friends... That's going to do it for our show today. I want to thank you for joining us and hope you have a wonderful weekend and a week ahead and happy MLK Day to you. Shout out to our producer, Jeff. Friends, have a great day. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, welcome back the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Our guest right now is Kathleen Michelle. She is an experienced news reporter and journalist with over 20 years in media, which includes working as a news reporter and news anchor for NBC News Affiliate also producing and hosting radio programs. And currently she works as a freelance freelance journalist for the Florida National News. We're discussing media bias, uh, you know, left-wing media bias in the media, and particularly um, the way that's accelerated just over the past year or two or three. Later in our program, we're going to talk about 
the life of and accomplishments of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we're pleased. We look forward to being joined by Central Florida historian Francina Boykin. Before we go back to Kathleen, I want to let you know about and give you a shout out to our friends over at Thompson Jewelers. And of course, you've come to know Thompson Jewelers as the place where you can get top quality jewelry at affordable prices with wonderful service and support. And I want to let you know that, of course, Thompson Jewelers can help you find that perfect, hard-to-find gift for the special person in your life. And they have those gifts, that jewelry, at affordable prices. They're located in Orlando and in Kissimmee St. Cloud. In Orlando, they're in the Colonial Plaza on East Highway 50 at the corner of Bundy, of course, at the corner of Bumby, of course, the Colonial Plaza is Orlando's original mall. They're right next to Old Navy. In Kissimmee St. Cloud, they're on Highway 192, right on the Seminole, right on the St. Cloud Kissimmee line, and they're next to in the Hobby Lobby Shopping Plaza. Thompson Jewelers. We look forward to actually having Derek Hicks join us, President of Thompson Jewelers, uh, in the near future. Let's go back to Kathleen Michelle. And I want to use some examples now because I always like to make sure we we use examples. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about the accelerated pace of left-wing media bias in the mainstream media to the point now where the the original principles of basic journalism, how to report a story, gather the facts, don't put your opinion in the story, cover both sides, give both sides an opportunity uh, to to talk to um, be quoted in, in the story. All those are out the window now. We see on a daily basis, hourly basis, uh, from the mainstream media, and been replaced by hardcore narrative uh, journalism, hardcore presentation of, of narratives which do not conclude all the facts and even exaggerate and slant uh, the facts that they that they use. I, two examples, Kathleen. I'd just like to throw out there, and then I'd like to have you, sh- you know, show your thoughts about that. One is the way of course, uh, and you know. <laughs> Hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of ways that the presidential election was covered. Mm-hmm. But one thing specifically was the relationship with Hunter Biden with the, the communist Chinese mm-hmm. um, who, you know, literally, I mean, you know, is one of the biggest threats uh, to our, our country and our future right now are, are, the, are the Chinese communists, um, a powerful threat, um, you know, Hunter Biden, you know, the the son of the potential president who, you know, became the president, has has, you know, a long history of, shall we say, shady business dealings uh, with China. And that's something that is highly significant to any political race. And that just flat out wasn't covered. No, it wasn't. And the fact that so many things they're turning a blind eye to so many things and they're dismissing it and hiding it. And we don't even hear about what's happening over there. Everything is being scrutinized about President Trump and about the small little things, taxes. But what about the traitor, the 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 way that they are with China and how they've been in cahoots? And what about like what you said, these examples, they're not being um spoken about. They're just kind of like, oh, it's no big deal. We find out these big, huge things, and then we don't hear about it ever again on the news. I mean, just like uh, the island that was found and all these people and famous people were going and kids were being molested. Whatever happened to that? We stopped hearing about that. 
And I mean, there's just so many things that happen that are huge stories that they just drop. And there's so much going on even now in other countries that we're not hearing about where things are happening to American people and to Christians. They're not reporting it. And from my perspective, it's all part of a, a left-wing uh, you know, narrative agenda where if it, you know, if something that is newsworthy or, or you know, prior would have been certainly newsworthy, just like you said about persecution of Christians, well, you know, that doesn't fit the left-wing agenda. So that's, that's not, you're not going to, that's not going to make the news. You're not even going to see that story covered. Nope. Um, and uh, just like uh, if, if, if uh, you know, something that's disadvantageous to, you know, candidate Biden, that wasn't going to make, make the news, of course. Yeah. And we saw the same thing at the end of the campaign. Uh, and this is where I really begin to see this manifested was during the Obama campaign, uh, the first one. Well, well, both of them, but, um, you know, the second one with, with Romney, you know, days before the election, the Benghazi attacks, which were just a blatant um, situation of, of malfeasance and incompetence mm-hmm. of the Biden administration and the Biden State Department yeah. were, weren't even covered. Four Americans were brutally murdered due to um, you know, lax uh, security, uh, which should have been an obvious situation um, that, that, that needed better security right. and w- wasn't even covered in the news. And, no. you know, so, so anyway, that's what we're talking about, the, the, the new left-wing narrative journalism. And the reason we're talking about it, or a lot of reasons, but the main reason we're talking about it is because so many of us uh, have friends, loved ones, family who don't realize this. Right. They're still operating. They're tuning on the television set. They're picking up the newspaper. And in their mind, they still think that they're getting balanced Walter Cronkite style coverage. Yeah. They have no idea. And if you haven't been in uh, the media for X amount of years and learn journalism and how to tell a story, you wouldn't really be able to pinpoint it. But for those of us who have been in the media, we see the bias, we see the narrative, and we see how it's always to what they want to share. And we see there's a missing piece. And like you said earlier, if we have to get both sides of the story, well, if you couldn't get both sides, you couldn't report it. Or you would say, we tried to get the other part, but we were unable to reach them. We'll try again. And then they would report it. That's not happening. I also saw in the election where the reporters were like, excited for when Hillary was winning. They were like, oh, Hillary, you know, and that never would have happened back in the day. It was just very, you know, straight line. Supposed to be an objective reporter. Yeah, it's just supposed to be neutral, regardless of your bias. But they were like, yes, and they were getting emotional about it. And you see this happening. So it would make you want to think if you aren't thinking about these things, why is this happening? What are they trying to put in our heads? What's going on? And including, um, and this is a hot topic, um, which is the vaccination, which so many are on the fence about or one side or the other. I mean, I have friends where we agree to disagree, but when it comes to media and journalism, the facts are not all being put out there as well. And that's in in our remaining minutes, the thing, another element of this new um, agenda-based media is is there's, you're saying, there's one accepted version, right? You, you prior the pur- purpose of the media, and this this comes from the First Amendment. This is you know philosophically um, the marketplace of ideas. You know every side, you know, is supposed to be in, in, in free speech. Respected, every side is, 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 is supposed to to be covered or presented or right. or had or have the ability, the opportunity to be presented. Well, now what we've got is one accepted version. 
and and then nothing and then nothing else is acceptable. No. So that if 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 you don't agree yep. with that accepted version, you're going to be shouted down. You're going to be shouted down and potentially persecuted down the road because you don't agree with whatever agenda they have. You're the bad guy. And right now the the accepted version is for the first phase of it was COVID fear. Right. And then the second phase which wasn't reported accurately, the fear and the risk were were monumentally over, over exaggerated and exactly. overreported. And but now after COVID fear we have vac you know vaccination everybody yeah. must be vaccinated quote, and not no only questions vaccinated asked. but then revaccinated and then the booster and then who knows what and you know it's just causing so many problems within the family dynamic because not everyone's doing their research and people are look the news is God the news what they say what the, what the president says is God and where are the brains out there. We have to do the research and find out for ourselves. And that's one speaks to one reason so many people are being brainwashed uh, by fear is because it, it's so powerful and pervasive. Mm-hmm. You know, the mainstream media now, once again, I know even myself, a lot of friends of mine have a tendency to be overly um, confident. It's not exactly the right word, but uh, secure uh, in that, well, you know, you, you've got uh, Salem Media Group and you've got Dennis Prager out there, and you've got uh, Fox News, and you know back at, before he he died, Rush Limbaugh. And, um, but I mean, that's only a time. That's, that's literally small. a drop in the bucket. Yeah, compared uh, to these big news outlets who are constantly feeding and feeding people daily. And if you think about it, you watch TV, and during the commercials, you watch a commercial about food. What do you want? You want whatever's on that commercial. It's the power of suggestion. It takes one commercial for me to want chocolate. I mean, it doesn't take much. So imagine constantly watching this news where it's feeding you. If that's over your resource, you're going to start getting afraid. Oh, my gosh, this is what's happening. Oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. Don't go outside. You, you know, and people are not living their lives because of fear. And when you have fear and you put fear in people, you can control them. So when you put fear into someone's life, this is the standard way to start controlling and manipulating, which is so not with Americans' freedom. We need to have the freedom and the right to choose and the freedom of speech, and our freedoms are also being taken away from this fear. And and that's exactly what our country was founded upon, freedom, liberty. First Amendment was crucial to that, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, speech, freedom of of religion, and, and that's exactly what's being taken away in this new trend, if you will, this new right. takeover of, of narrative media mm-hmm. left with a heart, you know, left, it's not even bias, left, left wing uh, narrative media <laughs> is, is, is now what we, we are dealing with in our country. And that's something that uh, yeah, obviously goes against the, 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 the very founding of our country. And yes. it, it, it's a great threat for all of us. Well, Kathleen, Michelle, thank you for being here to share a little bit about it. Thank you so much. Your and personal just, experiences. It is my experience. And I hope we can stand and fight and pray and do what's right for our freedoms here in America. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.